Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information hey guys back at the playground again huh yep you know what this playground could use a wine country heck yeah and some waves so we could go surfing oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that a redwood forest would be cool i'm in ah ski slopes let's do it um tenor girl go shopping yeah, baby. wait did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The numbers don't lie. We had many allegations, and we investigated every single one of them. In fact, I challenged my team, did we miss anything? They said that there was over 66,000 underage voters. We found that there was actually zero. You can register to vote in Georgia. When you're 17 and a half, you have to be 18 by election day. We checked that out, every single voter. They said that there was 2,423 non-registered voters. There was zero. So the crowd that wants people to take January 6th very, very seriously, and in this case, it's people on the right at the dispatch, and I certainly saw a lot of it of people on the left with MSNBC and uh, CNN yesterday, feel like yesterday's hearings, the four out of five that we're going to have televised, were the most powerful yet in terms of proving how hard Trump's people, him, Giuliani, and a handful of others, were trying to strong-arm election officials around the country into going along with their plan. And there was a fair amount of testimony on that. Now, there's there's two ways to look at it, and actually both can be happening at the same time on, on one side, and we'll hear more about that in a second. The uh, they were trying to strong arm people. I mean, man, what what a terrible position to be in. You're 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 mid level in your state, and you're actually on the phone with the president of the freaking United States, implying that you're a bad person or a traitor to your country if you don't do do something that you're seeing is clearly wrong and illegal. Right. Well, and and it gets worse than that. I did want to point out that that was Brad Raffensperger, who was the Secretary of State of Georgia, who uh, earned Trump's wrath, going into the fact that he looked into everything you've seen on your wacky alternate website. They looked into everything Rudy Giuliani was claiming, all of it. And this staunch career Republican who wants Republicans to get elected found nothing there. Yeah, so like I said, one side of it is um, how much they were pushing and trying to 
intimidate uh, people into going along with them. The other side of it is the testimony has shown, says Britt Hume of Fox, that the effort collapsed because Republican officials who voted for Trump refused to go along with him, which is a good thing for our culture and our system and and knowing that we got enough patriots at various levels. Even as Trump voters, they were just, no, look, I, I took an oath. I can't right. I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah, your your crackpot attorneys are wrong, okay? And I'm not going to say they're right. So good for them. I salute them for that. Chad Pergram did a pretty good report. And, uh, and yeah, we know it's one-sided, and it's partisan, and it's made for TV. But that doesn't negate the truth. I think the Democrats have made a terrible strategic mistake by making it as one-sided as it is. Um, because people can dismiss it. Well, the question is, is anybody having their mind changed? Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know that either. I don't think I can immediately assume that no, they're not. I think people may have certain opinions uh, crystallize that they had a vague notion that, you know, that all that stuff was weird, not right. And, and they're realizing how not right it was. But Chad Pergram did a good report on special report last night. Uh, let's hear clip number 40, Michael. The plan was to bully state legislatures into sending in electors for Mr. Trump, even if the votes didn't add up. The numbers are the numbers. The numbers don't lie. I didn't want to be used as a pawn. GOP Arizona House Speaker Rusty Bauer supported President Trump, but told the committee the president leaned on him to send alternate electors to Washington. You're asking me to do something against my oath, and I will not break my oath. Bauer said Rudy Giuliani claimed thousands of dead people and illegal immigrants voted. It wasn't true. My recollection, he said, we've got lots of theories, we just don't have the evidence. Today, President Trump blasted Bowers as a rhino. He contends Bowers told him the election was rigged. Bowers denied that. Speaking of Bowers, and I don't know if we're about to hear this in a clip, so we're going to hear it twice, but he faced a dismaying barrage of conspiratorial hate. He testified that MAGA protesters came to his neighborhood to accuse him of being a pedophile and a pervert and a corrupt politician arguing with his neighbors and scaring his family. That's nice. Yeah, there was one lady who's the uh, Secretary of State in Michigan. She was there with her kid at home when the mob came and started howling outside her door. She's trying to get her kid put in bed, and they were screaming that she's a traitor and the rest of it. And you have people walking around saying, you know, the penalty for treason is death. And it's just... Oh, boy. That is rough. In fact, you know, let's go ahead and do 42 here. And there were threats of violence against election workers. I felt horrible. I felt like it was all my fault. And now people are lying and spreading rumors and lies and attacking my mom. Even top officials weren't immune. And then some people broke into my daughter-in-law's home. And uh, my son has passed and she's a widow and uh, has two kids. And so we're very concerned about her safety also. Protesters showed up at the home of Bowers, too. They have had video panel trucks with videos of me proclaiming me to be a pedophile and a pervert. What is that whole thing? Is that the QAnon thing? That's related to it, yeah. That if, you, if, you, if you're not going along with Trump, you're a part of the worldwide pedophile ring? I mean, it's so out there and crazy, I don't even know how to address that. Yeah, yeah. I have I have the same opinion that I had the day after January 6th on the morning of January 7th when it came on the air. I have the same exact opinion that I had then. So I'm not as interested in these hearings as some other people may be because I said that morning. That is the worst thing any president has done in the history of America, what Donald Trump did. 
in convincing people of this. And now that we know all of his advice, his own lawyer, his own daughter, his own attorney general, we're all saying, no, dude, there's nothing there. So he knew exactly what he was doing. I don't think he was delusional. I think he knew what exactly he was doing. It's the worst thing any president has ever done in our nation's history. So I have the same opinion now I've had since then. You know, and I've said so many times that I appreciate so many things Trump did policy-wise. I think they were great and and necessary and overdue and the rest of it. But it's always been about Trump. Trump is about Trump. And if you don't get that, you know, I don't know what I can do for you. Well, the country's over if... If a, if anybody in a close election decides I'm going to figure out a way to uh, to get to stay, it's done. We're done. Right. Luckily, yeah. as you saw, you had a whole bunch of people who voted for Trump who said, "No, I'm not going along with this." Show me the proof. You haven't shown me in the proof. Okay, so I'm not going to do what you want me to do. Mm-hmm. Now, I was praising Tim Scott earlier, Senator from South Carolina. He's critical of the hearings. I'll get that on to be fair. Give us 49, Michael. But we need to realize that this made-for-TV January 6th episode has more to do with diverting the public's attention and less to do with finding the truth. If you're looking for the truth, you got to have cross-examination. Yeah, well, I don't know if there's any other side to, uh, to offer. Um, you know, you could certainly be out there loud and proud uh, if you wanted to and offer that to Fox or whoever, and I think you'd get some coverage. Um, but I always have to point this out. Nancy Pelosi could have the next day on January 7th, like I was just talking about, the next day gone with an impeachment article that was Trump violated his oath to the Constitution. And I think you would have got enough people to boot him out. But she didn't. Why? Because she cynically thought it would be better to have Republicans vote against her watered down impeachment articles so she could hang that around them in the next election. Right. As, which is every bit as cynical as what Trump did. Right. Right. And Republican politicians don't dare cross the uh, Trump loving uh, portion of the electorate because there's no cost for not crossing them. Right. So they think uh, I'm going to be safe. I just I'm not going to even get in this. How long do you think um, that lasts? <clears throat> Up until the moment Trump says he's not running. I don't know. I don't know if that'll if it'll ever really benefit them on the right, because you're only going to lose your safe seat if you get primaried from the right as a Republican or from the left as a Democrat. So it might never behoove Republicans to just speak their minds. What do you think Rudy was up to? Do you think he knew what he was doing or did he believe that stuff? I doubt it. Um, although he's come off as awfully loopy lately, I think he was in it for profit. He saw a uh, a, a racket, a financial racket. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when when the money started pouring in by the tens of millions of dollars to quote unquote stop the steal, trust me, people noticed that. The one woman's name that you heard uh, you heard her voice there. I don't remember what her name is. She testified, and then her mother also was working in the election. And they were getting all kinds of death threats and all that sort of stuff because Rudy Giuliani was using her name. Unconscionable. He was using her name and calling her out as a traitor to her country who's trying to steal the election. So, yeah, then all the people that were most wrapped up in, in this sort of thing were, were, were coming after her. I mean, that's just that's unbelievable. Yeah. And yep. she's a nobody. And then all of a sudden she's on the phone with the president of the United States. That's wild. So David French wrote what I thought was a great editorial about how incredibly important it is to call out violence wherever it is on your side and the other side. Uh, Whether that'll happen or not, I don't know. I can share some of that with you. I think it's really, really well written. Um, 
we around here, not to give you too uh, too long a peek behind the curtain, because stuff goes on back there that's just disgusting. Um, <laughs> behind the, oh, the behind the curtain stuff is is grimy. Oh man, oh it's terrible, terrible. And you know the staff isn't treated well. Uh, They're if not there kidding. was ever an expose, I know, yeah, Michael. You, yeah, well, Michael. there's another beating, Michael. Michael. I didn't tell you to turn on your mic, <laughs> wow. your microphone. Wow. I'm just Barbaric. being frank. Wow. As I decry violence, I'm threatening to beat the staff. <laughs> oh, uh, I love Michael. I would never raise a hand against you, my friend. Anyway, um, but you know that. Jack and I have decided that what's best for the country is to say the loonies on the right got to settle down and you got to stop perpetrating and talking about violence, all right? And on the left, exactly the same. We're not going to one-side it because it's bad for the country. It's bad for my people. It's bad for my children's future. I won't do it. I know. I wish I could get anyone to go along with that point of view. For instance, I'm fine with MSNBC pointing out how awful it was that people were violently threatening some of these low-level election workers and trying to intimidate him. But you didn't cover dude with a gun at Kavanaugh's house. Come on! Come on! That's all I'm asking. How about we just decide that intimidation and violence is bad all the way around? And then move on from there and have our policy arguments and we can disagree as much as we want. But we don't try to scare people or beat people into going along with us. How do we how can we not all get on the same side of that? Money. Money and power. The media makes a tremendous amount of money pandering. Virtually all media. God, I'd love to hear anybody on MSNBC say, and by the way, those of you who want Kavanaugh to be assassinated, you're crazy, too. I wish somebody on MSNBC would say that. No, so much of media has decided that pandering is their their uh, business plan. That's why it's ubiquitous. Politicians, again, you can only get primaried by your own side and say save congressional districts, and that's almost that's most congressional districts. So there's power in pandering, and uh, and and politicians fundraising wise. Oh my God! If you one side it, the money pours in. We're fools to be saying what we're saying. Business-wise, probably, but I don't care. It's easier. The pandering? No, this the, is uh, easier. I find, I think. For us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you're living under a bridge with a sign. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Our text line is open. Uh, text line is 415-295-KFTC. We got that thing Joe mentioned and some other stuff. How's that for a tease? Oh, On boy. the way. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, Today, Starbucks debuted their first ever chicken sandwich. Yeah, there's one thing people love Dunkin' and coffee, it's poultry. (laughs) By the way, if they don't call it Starclux, I want someone fired. Uh, Starclux. (laughs) That joke really strikes me as funny. If it's one thing people like Dunkin' and coffee, it's poultry. (laughs) 
Poultry is way funnier oh. than chicken. Oh, yeah. And that punchline, yeah. too. That's a good for joke. For whatever right reason, there. yeah. Yeah. So, uh, good stuff to come, including is remote work worse for your well being than you might think? <clears throat> a, a story ripped from today's culture. Uh, but I wanted to read just a little bit of this from uh, David French, uh, who writes for, uh, well, he writes for all sorts of people, including the dispatch. And some of you hate him because he's a never Trumper, but this really has nothing to do with that. Uh, earlier this month, I read a paragraph, he writes, that helped crystallize the reason for one of the most important dynamics of the American culture wars, the extreme reluctance of partisans to condemn or critique their allies, even when they strongly disagree or even hate what they do. And, you know, he uses a lot of pretty fancy words, but part of it's that when you're being attacked, you don't criticize your, your teammates. Sure. It's, it's not the time for that. I get that. It's natural. It's human. But anyway... Uh, This paragraph is from Ryan Grimm's report in The Intercept on the remarkable level of infighting in progressive organizations and the silence of the leaders who are unwilling to stand against the radicals in their midst. And I quote, The silence stems partly, one senior leader in an organization said, from a fear of feeding right-wing trolls who are working to undermine the left. Adopting their language and framing feels like surrendering to malign forces, but ignoring it has only allowed the issues to fester. Quote, the right is labeled it cancel culture or call out culture, he said. So when we talk about our own movement, it's hard because we're using the frame of the right. It's very hard because there's all these associations and analysis that we disagree with when we're using their frame. So it's like, how do we talk about it? Catch that? They know something is wrong, but they will not confront it publicly because it might give ammunition to the right. Partisan combat is more important than even the health of their own movement. They will permit a cultural disease to fester and spread rather than give one ounce of ammunition to their political opponents. And obviously that happens on both sides. So how do you, how do we break out of that? Real leadership, I guess. Yeah, somebody at the top doing that would be helpful. Somebody at the top doing that would be helpful. A Joe Biden to his side, a Republican to their side, that would be helpful. Then David French goes on to write, this principle is dangerous enough when it applied to cancel culture. It's downright deadly when applied to political violence. Right now, right and left should be immediately and directly focused on purging and rejecting violent extremism. Instead, even peaceful partisans are focused on their opponent's sins and their selective focus enables political violence. As we were just talking about. I agree with that 100%. And again, Jack and I have decided we will not be part of it. Yeah, that is something. That is something. Um, so you say the remote work is not going as well as people thought it might? Is that uh, is that a thing? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's part of it, obviously. But uh, in terms of people's mental health, which has already taken a kicking uh, over the last couple of years, uh, it's probably not so great. Um, Boy, two the things. pandemic lockdowns did more emotional damage to humankind than anybody has reckoned with. Um, sure. And we won't, we won't know the full story on that for a long time. If you're like 16 years old and you want to, d- to be something, either either train to become an airline pilot or a therapist. I think there's going to be plenty of those needed for quite some time. Wow. Yeah. No kidding. If you miss an hour of the show, get the podcast. It's Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. 
We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. When those those legends get here, let me know. (laughs) (laughs) You're here. You're here already. No, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. Okay. That's we the didn't problem. realize it until we uh, started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh my God. You were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and <laughs> didn't realize well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into, right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how <gasps> lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Show. There's going to be another pandemic. There you go. Joe Biden yesterday. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's, argue, he's arguing for more money because he says there could be another pandemic. Somebody actually said there will be another pandemic. The other, uh, We went 100 years in between major world pandemics. I hope we can do that again. And y'all, my kids can deal with it or somebody else, not me. I'll be long dead because I don't want to do that again ever. So the trillions of dollars we threw around didn't have enough money for pandemic planning and that sort of thing? I find that hard to believe. I don't know. Oh, speaking of the great grandpotus, I'm just kicking myself. We were talking about the oil industry earlier and the conflicting messages from the White House and all. And uh, and Biden said some stuff that was just ridiculous about the oil industry that I left out of that oil discussion. Maybe we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, I came across this and wasn't the least bit surprised to read it. Um But uh, remote work, which had been heralded as a solution to some of the problems of our fast-paced pre-pandemic lifestyle, for instance, for many, it's meant the opportunity to spend more time with their children, use time they would have previously wasted commuting, pursuing more fulfilling hobbies, etc. But new research into remote work and well-being has shown mixed results. Uh, In the Microsoft 2022 New Future of Work report, researchers found that although remote work can improve job satisfaction, it can also lead to employees feeling, quote, socially isolated, guilty, and trying to overcompensate. Guilty? What's the guilty part? Uh, I don't, that's an interesting, they don't drill down real specifically on that. Um, It's kind of related to the other stuff. They don't feel as plugged in. They're not as connected socially, um, etc., Uh, The negative effects come as a surprise for some employees who are now feeling the crush, realizing remote work isn't necessarily the wellness panacea it had been touted as. Um, Working from home 
Oh, no, see, that's just dumb. I was, I was around some people the other day that uh, did the whole uh, lockdown thing in the way that I didn't. So I went to work every day, uh, driving mm-hmm. to the radio station, was out and about. Uh, so I didn't live this. But I was, I was around some people that did do the, didn't go into work for like a year, year and a half. Never went anywhere, never did anything for like a year and a half. And how crazy it made them. And how weird it was. And sometimes they would just go for walks. I guess somebody was telling me, I'd go for a walk and just stand on the overpass and watch cars drive by just to see some other people and wave to them. Wow. Wow. You know, that doesn't surprise me at all. I just got done reading a long piece about uh, crime and violent crime skyrocketing in rural America. And all the cops they talked to, every everybody they talked to said, yeah, the whole pandemic thing, the lockdown just... People couldn't go to church. They couldn't go to meetings. They could. They weren't going into work. Whatever. Um, people just weren't connecting, and it's really, really caused emotional problems. Uh, domestic violence skyrocketing. Yeah. Uh, inter-workplace violence skyrocketing. You name it. Yeah, you can't deny it. I mean, whether it, whether it's what happened to you or it makes sense or whatever, there's no denying that. Uh, I was gonna. I forgot to get to this yesterday. Homicide rate in uh, the five biggest cities were about to break records. In in case you've forgotten, the record it's about to break of last year was a tremendous jump from like the previous thirty years. So we're we've we've been we've driven ourselves crazy somehow, or the pandemic drove us crazy. Right. Well, this is so interesting. Uh, data suggests that up to eighty percent of UK workers feel that working from home has negatively impacted their mental health. Huh. Those numbers are rising rapidly. Well, if the vast majority of people say working from home makes them miserable, that's not the future of work then. Unless we figure a way to adjust to it somehow. Um, Like, you know, uh, like if you homeschool your kids, you have to you have to work harder at socializing them, getting them into sports or groups or whatever, because they don't Mm -hmm. have it naturally through school. Have to do something like that with working from home. Have to to, to yes. work harder oh, yeah. to have some sort of we get together and have a we're on a softball team together or something. Well, right, you know, and it's it's interesting. It depends on the other stuff going on in your life. I remember, like, when uh, how long did I work remotely at the beginning of COVID when we were afraid it was going to kill everybody? Like a month or something like that. Um. Anyway, however long it was, me and my social group we tried to be reasonably cautious about COVID, but we did not do the lockdown thing, as you may recall. I played golf all the time. We would get together for a drink afterward. We would go have a backyard barbecue. Um. You know, we wouldn't cluster twenty at a time in the kitchen, but we all had the feeling that now we're going to keep living our lives because we've got to stay connected, and so we did. So working remotely didn't bother me at all now if you're the super lockdown blue city you know conscientious progressive type who didn't hug anybody for two and a half years i could see it making you completely looney tunes right now i'm here live i'm not a cat as a (laughs) as a misanthrope i do feel like i could isolate from other human beings for the rest of my life and be perfectly happy but i don't know i've never actually tried it so here's this uh, gal who's a workplace scientist and a mental health care provider. Uh, she says the lack of human connection from the pandemic sparked, quote, a rapidly growing mental health crisis. <clears throat> uh, quote, when working remotely, we miss out on the social cues of a busy office and much needed social interactions, catching up in the corridor, making a drink in the kitchen while checking in and asking about the weekend. These seemingly small moments can collectively have a large impact on our well-being. Obviously. And that does not exist with the Zoom. It can't. 
because the first loudest person to talk on the Zoom before the meeting starts dominates everything, and you don't get to have any conversations. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and it varies, too, by you know, the point you are in your career, too. I mean, as I've said many times, I have three adult kids um, who are making their way in the workplace, and, and the Zoom thing was awful oh, I can't for building imagine. connections, for mentoring, for you know rising up. Or mentoring, but just enjoying life. God dang it. My work was my social life when I was in my 20s and early 30s. You know, you went out with the people from work. A lot of people dated all the other people at work. I mean, that that's where your whole thing was. I can't imagine what that would have been like to have all that go away when I was in my 20s. I'd have been miserable. Yeah. Well, and people were. And what's interesting about... As well, opposed to when you're old and bitter and you don't even talk to your coworkers and... And, uh, uh, you know, somebody says, how you doing? And you say, um, get off my cubicle. Same day, a different S, and you just keep shuffling to the coffee maker. You know, once you're old and bitter, it doesn't have the same effect. But for the younger crowd, it had to be terrible. Yeah, I would agree. What's crazy and ironic uh, is that the people are so deranged with Trump hatred that they, like, uh, embraced, uh, what, do you, what do you call it in prison? Uh, solitary confinement for like an entire population, even as they decry that in prisons as being cruel and, and, and utterly inhuman to do that to people. So people know isolation is awful. It makes you insane. And yet we, we had enforced levels of it far beyond anything that could scientifically be explained by, you know, COVID risk. Just crazy. Anyway, quick word from our friends at Simply Safe Home Security. They keep you and your family and your stuff safe, not only from intruders and burglary, which is plenty, but against expensive home hazards from flooding to fires. You customize it to your needs. So you get the 24-7 professional monitoring, helping you out with so many different things, any kind of emergency you could possibly end up with. And you get all that for less than a dollar a day. No long-term contract or hidden fees. You're not locked into a couple of years with this thing like you are with most security systems. And then it turns out you don't use it or like it. So you go to the website, you click around, you um, you, you get the system that will fit your home and needs best. Then you install it yourself. When it comes, it takes you about 30 minutes. Yep. And if you don't love it, you know, you don't have to uh, have that long term contract hanging over your head. You don't start to keep paying for it. So customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Bums and junkies ooching around your neighborhood. Get Simply Safe. Go today. Claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Oh, one more note on the working remotely thing. Um, <clears throat> And, and you know, it's because I'm old and bitter, like Jack was describing, shuffling to the coffee maker, et cetera. <laughs> Same day differentness. And, and I realize that websites of the world have to have content, and, and, you know, they crank it out like crazy. But the grand pronouncements about how things have changed forever and and how specifically they're going to change forever after 9-11 or the pandemic or whatever, they never bear out. They never do. So, you know, one thing, maybe your granny told you that. Uh, maybe your smart friend will occasionally say, yeah, let's wait and see. I think we've kind of lost that as a society. Let's wait and see. Obviously, I have the phrase backwards. It's same S, different day. I had it backwards. Same day, different S? Yeah. I no, that would be like Bill Murray. Yeah. Well, that was same day, same S. No, he could create whatever he could create whatever S he wanted, man. You're right. It was different. Whether he punched the guy in the face or learned to play the piano or whatever he did. 
Um, oh, speaking of hilarious movies of yesterday, yes, we're aware, podcast listeners, that the baseball announcers, when the squirrel interrupted the baseball game, and the guy said, hand me the hammer, Russ, that was <laughs> quoting uh, Chevy Chase's uh, classic Christmas Vacation. <laughs> What a funny quote. Nice yes. job by the announcers. Hilarious. Which yes. I, I feel bad that I didn't catch that. Uh, so the news, like, breaking right now is Biden's pretty serious about this gas tax holiday. Do you remember oh, that? That's ridiculous. Well, Barack Obama himself mocked it. we got to play that again, uh, among other things. So stay with us, won't you? Armstrong and Getty. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets, Meets World, World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Yes. yes. When those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> you're here. You're here already. No. Uh, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. The that's we the problem. We didn't realize it until we uh, started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh, my God. We were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and didn't realize <laughs> well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how oh. lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We're arguing over a gimmick to save you half a tank of gas. Over the course of the entire summer, so that everyone in Washington can pat themselves on the back. Do you remember when Barack Obama said that? I didn't remember the context of that. He's mocking the idea of a federal gas tax holiday to relieve people with from high gas prices, which, which his old uh, vice president, Joe Biden, is talking about right now. And uh, at least according to The Hill, it's looking more likely. So Joe Biden's pushing this whole federal gas tax holiday to help the American people. Hillary came up with that idea when she was running against Barack Obama early on when it was like Hillary was the presumptive favorite. Everybody thought she was going to win. Barack Obama throws his hat in the ring and he mocked her stupid idea for the federal gas tax uh, holiday, as you just heard. And he writes in his memoir, it was one of our prouder moments taking a tough position without the benefit of polls and in the face of pundits who thought we were crazy for saying this. We, been, we began seeing signs in the polling data that voters were buying our argument. 
though uh, we weren't sure and we didn't have the data. And then when they finally won uh, North Carolina by 14 points in a couple of more states, they credit taking that stance on how stupid the gas tax holiday was for winning the nomination. And closing wow. the deal on defeating Hillary Clinton, which is hilarious now that Joe Biden's touting it like it makes sense. Yeah, no kidding. I think th- that's interesting that that seemed to have that significant uh, an effect. I think it was probably in that they were calling out conventional watch Washington thinking. They're calling out the swamp for offering not solutions, but bullcrap, right. which is how right. Trump got elected, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think so, too. And 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 everybody... Uh, every pundit that 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 I like, right, left, and center, has called this gas tax holiday stupid. It doesn't really do anything. Whatever. Right, and yet they're going to do it. And yet well, they're the Biden administration has been insane and hypocritical and, and counterproductive and dopey about energy the entire way. Uh, play us clip fifty. This is Jackie Heinrich on Fox News. It's mildly sensitive. I didn't know they'd get their feelings hurt that quickly. President Biden tells oil and gas executives to stop whining after industry leaders fired back at Biden's letter, accusing companies of raking in record profits while Americans foot the inflated bill. Chevron CEO Mike Worth writing to Biden, your administration has largely sought to criticize and at times vilify our industry. These actions are not beneficial to meeting the challenges we face and are not what the American people deserve. This goes back to the story we were talking about earlier that we don't have nearly enough gas refinery capacity. So, yeah, the ref- the few refineries that are operating are making a lot of money, but they don't dare invest in new ones or expand because it takes too long. It's too expensive. And the Biden administration has vowed to wipe them out. So, no, you're not going to invest in it. So the idea that, A, I'm going to threaten them into refining more gas and B, when they answer and say, we can't, that's impossible, saying, oh, look, they're whining. They need to stop whining. And then this, 51. Look, we need more refining capacity. This idea that they don't have oil to drill and to bring up is simply not true. Well, what are you going to do about refining capacity? You've made it impossible to build plants. So I don't, I don't know. If you spend five minutes looking into this, you realize, again, that their policies are counterproductive and just fictional. The messages they're sending are fictional. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's such a troubling self, uh, self-own. self I mean, it's, a, it, it's something we just We don't have to be going through this. We could, uh, we could be pumping our, drilling our own oil, pumping our own oil, transporting our own oil around the country. And, uh, and not having to send our presidents off to smile and shake hands with evil dictators in other countries to buy their oil. But that's not what our politics are demanding, I guess. Um, I want to get to this next hour. Jim Cramer of uh, Mad Money, you know, that guy that yells at you about money, um, saying younger people are going to have to learn to be more frugal. That's interesting. That's kind of what we were talking about the other day, that we, we might have a generation that's going to grow up like the way my parents did, where you're you're frugal. My yeah. mom washed straws, and turning off the lights when you leave the room was a really a high priority and all that sort of stuff to pinch pennies. And, you know, that has gone away over the decades. Well, it might be coming back. Yeah, sure. The idea of using like a Ziploc bag. We couldn't afford Ziplocs. Rich people had Ziplocs. We had the old twist ties. Yep. But the the idea of using a plastic bag once and throwing it away, not a chance. Right, right. So yeah. anyway, and, and by the way, if you're a new listener to the show, no, we weren't born in 1910. <laughs> <laughs> this was in the 70s. 
Well, anyway, uh, speaking of uh, a long time ago and old people mentioned this story briefly earlier. It is heartwarming. It finally happened. 104-year-old Bertha Comar's lifelong dream came true. Her lifelong dream of holding a penguin. I have not dreamed of holding a penguin for a single minute. <laughs> I'm thinking of it right now, and I'm not sure I want to. I would, given the opportunity, but I'm not sure it would even make the top five best things I did today list at the end of the day. I'd say, I mean, it's notable. I might mention it to Judy. Hey, honey, you know what happened at work today? Guy had a penguin, and I held the penguin for a minute. Notable for its its uniqueness, but yeah, but yeah. not its transcendence or <laughs> joyfulness. <laughs> Uh, the 104-year-old Farmington, Connecticut resident was able to meet Mr. Red Green of the aquarium. Early. That's the name the of penguin's the penguin's name is Mr. Red Green. Okay, that's an odd name. Wouldn't you want to call it Frosty or Cat No Fly or something? No, give it a name like that. What? Old, old fish breath. <laughs> 104 years, Jack. She's been dreaming of holding the penguin. She finally got it. Now I can die a happy woman. There's a uh, an organization called Twilight Wish Connecticut. Penguins for the that, old <laughs> is the name of the organization. That drives around with penguins badgering old people and asking them <laughs> if they'd like to hold on to it for a minute. No, it's, it's like the Make-A-Wish Foundation, but it, it grants wishes for, for old folks. Oh, that's cool. But it's, it's, it's a bucket list. Yeah. Fulfilling bucket list at the end. Bucket. You need a better bucket list if holding a penguin is on there. I don't. I don't know. Maybe I'm missing out. I haven't done it. I shouldn't. I shouldn't criticize if I haven't done it. Maybe all of the questions I have about life click into place <laughs> once I just hold that uh, tuxedoed bird and flightless bird in my hands. Exactly. It's all clear to me now. <laughs> Mind if I cuddle you a little longer? <laughs> Doesn't want to pet a lion or feed a peanut to an elephant. Wanted to hold a penguin. <laughs> Well, hell, I'm not 104. Maybe she's realized something that hasn't occurred to me because I'm still, you know, a youthful man in my 50s. Yeah, geez. <sighs> I was actually talking actuarial tables yesterday with uh, financial planners and that sort of stuff. And do I want to be 104? I mean, if I if I could sign up for it, do I want to be? I mean, you got to financially plan for that, and it's just that's a lot longer to live. I don't do know. Do you want to be 104? It depends on one thing and one thing alone. <laughs> Do I get to hold a penguin? At the end of the road. <laughs> right. Will there be a penguin there waiting for me? That's Never my mind question. a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> Is there a penguin at the end of the line? <laughs> all right. Well, it's all well and good to make penguin jokes. But according to Gordon Chang, who we've talked to many times, China's economy is collapsing. Which wow. could lead to a number of rather unpleasant outcomes. Ooh, I hope he's wrong. Oh. We'll hit that in hour four. Wow, I feel like you kicked me while I was down there. That's Eesh. how I get you. Yeah. I lure you in with them, then boom, right in the junk. Yeah. Barbaric. I was just thinking about uh, the, you know, the young people are going to have to learn to be more frugal. Will you throw China into the mix? Yeesh, that could be a long, deep trough we're in. Anyway, if you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast. It's Armstrong and Getty On Demand. 
Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.